Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott had off-season shoulder surgery. Should you be concerned? All that and more on this episode of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked. daily Dallas Cowboys Locked. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked. Network, your Locked. team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check out, check out him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, let's start with this. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy revealed that Dak Prescott had shoulder surgery on his left shoulder this offseason. Should we be concerned? I'm I'm frankly, frankly, extremely shocked that you didn't ask me if it was a concern or if it was a setback. (laughs) It's not a concern. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing to worry about. It's not a concern. It's not a setback. Uh, You know, it's it's uh, an offseason shoulder cleanup. Uh, He was able to play through it the rest of the season. I'm not terribly concerned about it. Uh, I, I mean, it's it sucks that it was hurt so bad that he felt that he needed to have cleanup surgery on it. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm not terribly concerned about it. Do you think it contributed to some of the poor play at the end of the season? I'm sure it didn't feel good. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. You know that that and that contributes to how you feel and how you play. And and um, I wonder if it. Uh, you know, was, I guess my question is how much was he feeling when he was throwing the football? I mean, it was obviously his non-throwing shoulder, but I mean, you're still part of, you know, the motion you're, you're turning your hips, you're twisting your shoulders. Uh, so every time he, you know, he, he threw a football, he probably felt it in some way, but, uh, you know, I, I can't, I'm not, you know, inside Dak's head. I, I don't know, uh, if it was something that was like, you know, constant pain or, or when he was experiencing i'm sure every time he got hit he it felt like there were nails in his shoulder there was gl- a broken glass in his shoulder um but i don't know how much it directly contributed to his ability to perform i think if anything it probably was just you know very painful i, I was trying to look up while you're talking like his his numbers in the second half of games in the second half of the season like do you think this is a, a, something that you know, once he got going into the game and once it kind of got loose, it was fine. Or if it was just a kind of a pain tolerance thing all game long, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that the, the question we would have to figure out is like, you know, what was he experiencing when he was throwing the football? Was he experiencing, you know, issues with it? Was he experiencing pain? Was he taking a shot for it? Was he, you know, like, I think that's what we don't really know is just how how much was he cognizant of it? Uh, while he was playing with that injury. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I wonder, uh, to me, the calf seems more like the, the injury that probably had an effect on his game, right? Because obviously that's just as yep. much involved in throwing the football. It's even obviously more involved in running the football. So and those are kind of the areas that I, I see a more one-to-one uh, result of that injury than I, I feel like I do with the shoulder. Yeah, and I just looked it up just to – just to kind of verify. So <laughs> from week 10 on, he averaged 7.6 yards per attempt and had a pass rating of 111 in the first half of games. 
And in the second half of games, that dropped down to 6.3 yards per attempt, 84 pass rating. So it's probably not what I maybe suspected, where it got loose as the game went on. So I, I don't know, man. It probably maybe, was more. Go ahead. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe, he, maybe. he's taking a shot and and like the painkiller wears off by the second half and it's affecting. I, I look, we have no idea, so we're just we're just speculating. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's wise to say one way or the other, like what was happening, right? Yeah. I the the truth is he was dealing with multiple injuries all year long, and yes. while one injury itself might not have been the reason why he struggled at stretches. Maybe it's just the culmination of three or four different injuries, right? Or maybe he just didn't play well, right? Like that's that's also a possibility. Like the, the, they had receivers out, the offensive line didn't block well. Maybe he just didn't play well. I think that's a possible answer as well. Or again, a combination of all those things. A combination you know? of all those, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mike McCarthy was talking at the, the scouting combine Really nothing else of note to talk about there, right? He talked a little bit about he thought Tony Pollard got enough touches because somebody asked somebody asked him about Sean Payton and if he's worried. But other than that, that's really it, right, Landon? Yeah, I mean, there really was not a lot uh, news break, newsworthy out of this press coverage, which is a little disappointing because, I mean, it's the first time we've heard from McCarthy in months, yeah. uh, and, it, and it just felt like kind of very – you know, generic questions and answers, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so nothing, gonna... nothing, nothing news breaking, really. Yeah. And also, do you know what we're not going to do for the combat? I've already seen it happen. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Cowboys have talked to this player at the combat. Oh and they talked God. to that player because they're going to talk to everybody. Now, what we will yeah. talk about is their 30 visit list, which I think is coming yes. out later this month. That's important. But the Cowboys meeting with a quarterback in this class is not noteworthy. It's just not. No, it's absolutely it's yeah. not. Uh, and you know, they do it every year, and it's like it's just a way to fill up <laughs> you know, time to discuss who yeah. is talking with who. They're all talking to each other. Of course they are. Of course. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's get to your Twitter questions and some other news around the Cowboys. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I, I want to talk a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott because Stephen Jones had an interesting quote on him yesterday, and we've got a couple questions about him. So, I'm going to read you Stephen Jones's quote. Mm-hmm. I want Zeke on my team. You talk about playing through injuries. I mean, he's a competitor. I think he's re- a really good running back, and I think he's going to help us win. Obviously, his contract is his contract, comma his money is guaranteed. He's going to be here. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Because I thought I saw a lot of people getting mad about his comments for that one compared to how we talked about. Marcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper, but I think this one's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, I mean, I sat and watched everybody on Twitter yesterday get re-angry over the same things that they were angry over months ago. Like, I, well, I, I think that Twitter, that's... Man. It's yeah, like, I know. <laughs> I know, but I guess that's my own fault to continue to go to Twitter to watch that, but uh, I, you know, look, no one broke any news yesterday. No. There was nothing that was said yesterday that was, you know, confirmed or denied any of their plans. 
It's essentially exactly the same information that we had previous to it. It's just the fact that Stephen Jones spoke yesterday kind of re-triggered a whole bunch of people and they got yeah. mad about it. So nothing that they said yesterday changes literally anything. No. Like it's it's it, they didn't he, if you guys expected him to be committal to whether Amari Cooper was going to be on the team in this quest in this uh uh in this interview I don't know what to tell you. Like that, it wasn't going to happen. And 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 like if you expected him to say Demarcus Lawrence is definitely going to be on this team, uh, I don't know. Like it, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I think part of the reason why is he can't say either way is because they haven't had the meeting with the agent yet. By the way, that's Thursday. They meet with Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper's agent on Thursday because everybody's there at the combine. So like he's not in a position to say anything yet. I just don't think people like the answer, which I get. I mean, I, I I don't like the idea of Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence leaving either. But but also, it wasn't an answer. It wasn't like, an answer. But no. that's the thing. That's the thing that I I guess I'm harping on is that he didn't answer the question. Like, and he's not going to answer the question until they have an answer. So, like, we can get upset about the hypothetical. Yeah. Let's save let's save the anger for when the things actually happen. You it's know, coming, it's like yeah, it's, that's definitely it's coming. coming. And there's definitely gonna be a reason for you to be mad about something. I probably yeah. but but the, the but the point is is that like people got re-angry and re-upset about sure the, the the kind of just extending of, of the current circumstance. It wasn't like anything changed yesterday or any news was broken yesterday. It was in fact it was just more of the confirming of the non-confirmed non-committal from the cowboys. So uh, yeah. Hold, hold, hold on to your, keep your powder dry. There's going to be plenty of reasons to shoot it off and be mad as a firework here, probably yep. in a couple of weeks. But as of right now, like nothing that Stephen Jones said yesterday committed to anything. Period. Except for I guess Zeke being on the team, which again, like I think his his guarantee money kind of told you that. So just to be clear, if the Cowboys cut Ezekiel Elliott this year, it would actually count twelve million dollars against their cap. Uh, but it would save them quite a bit of money next year. It would save them like seventeen million in twenty twenty three, and I'm looking at it now like fourteen million in twenty twenty four. Is that appealing to you at all? Well, I, you know, it's funny because on Friday when Joey and I did the kind of uh, blow it all up and, and rebuild version of that of the kind of team building exercise or whatever, I kind of expected that Joey was going to be against uh, kind of even with the, the what the process that we were going through i thought yeah. joey was going to be against go, you know cutting zeke this year just because of how much money it pushed it forward but the truth of the matter is is if the cowboys are desperate to get out from underneath that contract and they just want to bite the bullet they could do it it just doesn't seem it, it it actually would probably cause them to have to do more roster gymnastics in order to facilitate it right. and i think that's where they're going to have problems is that they don't necessarily want they don't want to like have to flip switches on two or three other contracts right. just in order to be able to cut Zeke this year as opposed to next year. You, you don't want to have to restructure Dak just to cut Zeke, right? Because yeah. then Dak has a huge cap number again in 2023, 2024. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So you, I think you guys are right. After this year, he, he's already guaranteed money. It becomes a lot more palatable to release him if you want to do that. Uh, let's get to another question that kind of ties into this. It's from at under, uh, underscore – uh, performance. He wants to know, I understand that running backs don't matter and you should never pay a running back. There you go. Man. That, oh, you trained. You like well doing done. the Lord's work right there. Uh, but is it fair to say Zeke is the only running back since 2016 that got paid 
who was technically worth it. He has only missed one game to injury in six years, and every other running back, Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, have gotten paid and then gotten hurt. So has Zeke been worth his salary? I think that Zeke's the only one that you have the the kind of argument that he could live to see out the contract because he's not – so terrible that you have to get him off the field. But I mean, no, I don't think he's been worth the contract simply because you're paying him to be playing at a level that he was playing at 2016 or 2017. uh, And he's not playing even 2018. Yeah. yeah. And he's not playing at that level. So uh, I I do think that, that Zeke is better than almost all these examples of these guys who got paid and are playing on this contract because Zeke is special in the sense that, you know, he does take a lot of punishing and, and kind of keeps going. He has, you know, degraded over time, probably at a slower incline than a lot of those other guys, but it is still an incline. It isn't enough to overcome, you know, the principles that Marcus has laid out for uh, not paying running backs. Right. And, and I get, again, the deal is the problem is, is that he's being paid at a rate that, you know, commands high production from the position and he's not putting out high production. I, I'm not saying that, he's doesn't have value to this team or that I, I don't want him on this team. I think the problem is, is that the, the value that he's providing at the salary he's being paid uh, is disproportionate and it's problematic because you're looking at a situation where you want to resign these other guys, yeah. uh, but, but you're paying your running back. I don't know off the top of my head, $12 million, something like that. Yeah, some, I mean, a 50, almost 15 million. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think his, I think his play has been less uh, – this is a terrible way to say it – less bad than other running backs out there. But it's still bad. It, you know, it doesn't cross that threshold correct. to make it worth it. Yeah. Let me compare it to somebody else. Uh, Todd Gurley got a huge contract from the, uh, from the Rams, I believe, after the 2017 season. Okay, mm-hmm. His last carry for the Rams came in 2019 when he averaged 3.8 yards a carry. He played in 15 games. Uh, 800 yards. Okay. Over the last two seasons, 2020 and 2021, remember he has not played with the team since 2019. They've paid him 20 million over the last two years. At least Zeke is still on your team and he's a good pass protector and he does stay healthy. Like that's, you're at least getting a player on the field while some of these other teams are literally paying guys that have been gone for multiple years now. The Cowboys might eventually be there with Ezekiel Elliott, but they've gotten a lot of play from him. Um, still a bad deal, but maybe not as bad as some of the other running back contracts out there. I, I think the problem now, we would all agree, is not so much. I mean, Zeke is here. He's under the contract. It is what it is. I think the problem now is that it's letting it influence his touches over Tony Pollard. That's where Correct. it's become yeah. problematic now is that you feel this uh, – you know, this uh, obligation to give him all these extra, all these extra touches because of his contract. Honestly, if the Cowboys just kind of not, you know, just gave in to the idea that Pollard is, is taking over that role and is becoming a better running back and just gave him an appropriate amount of touches. I'm okay with the Zeke contract. I mean, I'm, I I mean, I'm, I'm, I've resigned to the fact that it's okay. You know, like it makes it less bad. you're getting the best version of Zeke if you do that, right? I think it's yeah. just better for everybody around him. Hey, 
Ezekiel, you're no longer our workhorse back, but you're still going to have a big role in this offense. You're still going to get a ton of touches. You're going to play on third downs, but we've got another guy that we just want to feature a little bit more. I, I, one of the things I have to say about Zeke that I, I absolutely love is he is a team first guy yeah. through and through, right? I don't think he would be opposed to something like that. I, I don't think that's going to eat at him. I don't think he's going to be upset with Tony Pollard. I think he's more open to that than maybe other, any other running back out there. So I, I just think that's something the Cowboys probably need to lean into next year, right? And, and, and honestly, that's kind of why I hate a lot of the Zeke hate. Here. Oh, it's not yet. It's not Zeke. It's, it's not the contract. Zeke. Yeah, Zeke, right? yeah. It's not. It's the contract, and it's it's the coach's usage. It's well, it's not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily Zeke. That's the issue. Okay. I think Zeke is. I'd love well, having Zeke on my team, and, and you know what I'm saying. Like I love having him as a member of that group. It's just the number is for what he's doing is not great. And I should also be clear. My disgust with the Ezekiel Elliott contract when it happened was never with Zeke. I actually thought Zeke played it perfectly. Right, like. If you were the agent of Ezekiel Elliott, he got his running back paid after three years of service. That never happens anymore. He got a record-setting deal. It's not Zeke's fault. It's the front office's fault. And they're the Mm -hmm. ones that deserve the blame, not Zeke here. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. and and I I just want to make that clear. Yeah, this, it's, yep. this is not a Zeke thing. We like Zeke. We do know? like Zeke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, take one more break, and we're going to answer a bunch more questions. I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, next question. This one comes from Garrett. He wants to know if Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson are gone. In this case, we're assuming that Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are back. What round feels right to draft the receiver? I, I mean, I, you could talk me into any round, honestly. E- even even with Cooper here, um, even with CeeDee Lamb here. I think that at 24, there's nothing st- – there's nothing stopping me from drafting anybody yeah. at 24. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm taking the best player, and, and especially if there's an opening at wide receiver, if there's a, a type of wide receiver that I think could fit into this unit, like if, say, Williams from Alabama fell sure. uh, because of a medical or whatever, uh, I think that would be a fantastic fit with those two guys. You know, um, I, I think that, you know, there's guys that I like in each one of these rounds that uh, I think you could convince me that could fit on this team very well. So I, I'd take them anywhere. So in this scenario, if you're bringing back Amari and you're bringing back CD, I would still have to feel like Amari is probably only going to be here one more year, right? Yeah, so probably, yeah. a first rounder wouldn't feel awful. However, I think second, third round is probably when you can find a good complimentary guy to to Cooper and Lamb. Not a semi Fahoku guy, Landon? I think Simi Fahoku, from what we understand, is uh, changing positions or at least changing roles to more of that kind of Noah Brown type. Yeah, role. he's so, a new Noah Brown, I think. Right. So I, I don't think that they're really considering him as you know 
wide receiver three. Not an outside receiver, right? Yeah, yeah, no. It's your point, kind of. uh, I I think that, you know, I'm not like locking in wide receiver in first round or anything, but I also think that, you know, there isn't really a position at 24 that like I feel like I have to hit. I, I think that that's this year especially like, you could talk about guard or, or something like that, but I, I just don't know that you need to hit any of those positions. You need to hit yeah. any of those positions at 24. I think 24 can truly be a BPA situation. I, I agree. Uh, this next question from Payson. He wants to know what position of need would be the hardest to find a rookie starter at? That's a good question. So if we kind of look at their needs, wide receiver, left guard, defensive end, Maybe tackle, maybe defensive tackle, linebacker, safety. My gut tells me defensive tackle because yeah, that's what I was. I feel like there's only one guy in this class that walks in as a day one starter, and it really depends on what you're looking for too. Like, uh, but yeah, I would say that if you're looking for like, especially a starting pass rushing three technique for some reason, um that would be a very difficult thing to find this season because there just isn't a ton of those kind of guys. And there's, there is some kind of, you know, space eating one techniques you could find Uh linebacker. I really don't, I mean, linebacker, you could find tons of guys wide receiver. There's probably, you know, eight or nine guys yep. Uh guard. I mean, honestly, you could find a, you could successfully find a guard in the third round. I bet you could do it if you oh, had to, yeah. but yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I just don't imagine, I think defensive tackle, if you really had to get a defensive tackle, would be uh, just because just there, there's a lot of competition there. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, this one from at Jones's Babysitter. Good Twitter handle. Uh, seems like the talent in this draft is concentrated in the second round. Would you consider moving up uh, from day three or the third round or using some of your future picks to go up and get some guys in the second round of this class? Uh, first of all, I, I agree with that. I think the second round – is incredibly deep. Like I keep coming back to some guys that I would like in the second round and man, there's some talented guys. So you opposed to using some of your day three capital and some of your 2023 picks to go get a second round player. Yes, because I would prefer to trade down from 24 mm. because the, the plateau happens well before the second round. I would say that that plateau of second round talent to probably to the middle of the third from just based on what we're seeing it probably starts at 20 uh, this year. You know, uh, you know, I just think that if anything, if you're going to trade, you need these picks, get more picks 20, the guy, the difference between the guy you're going to get at 24 and let's say, I don't know, 32 plus an extra pick. Like that's not that different. And I would, I would much rather go that direction, pick up some more picks and get more bites of the apple uh, that way than trying to, uh, uh, you know, use up picks in the future to try to go up and, and necessarily target somebody. I just think it's easier to kind of go that direction. I mean, look at last year's class. Like one of the reasons we liked the class a lot kind of after day one, we'll, we'll ignore some of our pre-draft thoughts on Parsons, but like uh, we love that they got Oso Digizua on day two, like in the third round, we love that they got Jabril Cox. And then they, they had an extra, was it a fifth round pick to go get Semi Fohoku. And I mean, that's one of the reasons we liked it. They just had so many, intriguing prospects they came away with was it like 10 11 players in that class and there's going to be a couple of misses in there maybe chauncey golston doesn't pay pay out or play uh you know develop maybe develop. Cal- <laughs> yeah maybe calvin joseph doesn't develop but like maybe. you're probably going to find two or three other guys other than michael parsons at 
end up having nice careers. So I, I agree with you. Uh, what's the furthest back you would want to trade? You know, top of the second round. Uh, like I think, you know, if like the thirty six. Just- Simply because I just don't know that there's like, you know, a guy that you desperately have to have that fifth year option on. Right. So, yeah, I would say that's still very far. I mean, 12 picks when you haven't even picked in the top 24 is a lot. It's going to be a long first day for the Cowboys. But I I do think that if you had that opportunity, you would have a lot better foothold on what's going to happen in day two. And that's where the best value is. Um as we were talking, I just kind of ran a mock draft on the draft network and traded back to pick 33 just to see, like if you traded to that top of the second round, which guys are available in this mock Zion Johnson was still there. If you traded back from 24 to 33, if you traded back from 24 to 33 and you got Zion Johnson at 33, I mean, dancing in the streets is what we're going to be doing. Honestly. I, I mean, Here's the here's the difference in terms of value. It's going from 24 to 33 is the equivalent of like a high third round pick. Gimme. Like, yeah, in this case, it would be if you're dropping back from 24 to 33, it would be pick 65, Jacksonville's third round pick. I'm doing that all day. All Gimme. day. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Because look, I mean, honestly, the the mock drafts and all the conversations that we've been having should be telling you this. Look at look at how we're looking at all these. Every time we do one of these mock drafts, there are seven, eight guys that would be like, oh, yeah, take him. I take him. I take him. I take him. And if that's the case, that means it's time to move back. And just to just to kind of show you this, like if you look at pick 65 again, it's just a mock draft. But some of the players that are still available in that range, like. All the linebackers we talked about last week, Channing Tyndale, uh, Damone Clark, uh, your guy, Jojo Dunman is there. Uh, some of the receivers that maybe you like, maybe a George Pickens or some offensive lineman at Ingram if you need a guard. I, I That's where you want to draft in this one. It's anywhere between 34, 35, and 75, right? Yep, absolutely. And, and if you can get the opportunity to get another pick in there, absolutely do it. So would you be okay with trading next year's second round pick to go get like let's say next year's second in a fourth round of this year to go get pick 38? Maybe. 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 Yeah, I, th- I think that might be depending on I would have to see what who is there. Like if if like there's gotta be you, somebody you, you love there, right? Yeah, if there's someone that you're targeting, then absolutely. But if if it's just kind of doing I wouldn't do that like before the draft, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I'm only doing that if like Zion After Jim. watching the draft, yeah, develop, like right? let's yeah. say let's say you draft Nicobe Dean in round one. I know, I know you don't like that, but Nicobe Dean in round one, and we're sitting at pick thirty-eight, and Zion Johnson is still there. But you also like some of the other guys that are going to be there at what like average draft fifty-six, right? Maybe that's where you're wanting to grab a receiver, and it's like, hey, we could give up a couple picks next year when we're expecting to get a whole bunch of compensatory yep. picks. Let's go get our starting left guard right now. I, I can see that, right? I could too. That would that wouldn't be a, a bad move at all. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We've got a fun show lined up for you tomorrow. We're going to be talking about some edge rushers and some guys that maybe the Cowboys will will like it. Pick twenty four, or maybe not. I'm I'm curious maybe, to hear what not. you think about these guys. Because <laughs> uh, we'll there's see. one we'll there's see. one of these guys that. Well, we'll save it for tomorrow. We'll save it. That's a, that'll be a tease for you guys. Uh, yeah. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you next time.